day 136 welcome back to the windows and mirrors podcast my name is keith and i'm john and remember this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the bible is more like a window than it is a mirror we come to it to see through it and to see god not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves all right all right so ecclesiastes second and ecclesiastes yo we really pray that you are reading <laughs> right yeah. because it is really difficult to kind of follow along exactly what's going on if you're not looking at the text yeah um and you get more out of it yeah that way, so. i think when we started these things our goal was to make it yes. eight minutes we haven't been at an yeah. eight minute podcast in a minute in years but <laughs> even though like it's not eight minutes yeah, yeah. um the difference of even reading right i'm not saying you got to break it down i'm not saying you got to go to a concordance right at least just read through it and make notes yeah yeah, you can but it's even if you just read through it and make notes in the margins of your bible and then press play and tune in it's going to be different way better than just yeah listening to this and to be like oh yeah i read today no you didn't (laughs) No, you didn't. <laughs> you lied. Stop breaking the commandments. Not just for Nah, real tea. All right. So, um, man, do you got my the book in a sentence like I asked from yesterday? Oh yeah. You forgot. Well, actually, it's not yesterday. It's still today. Hey, what are you telling us? <laughs> Listen. All right. You're getting it today, but we're batch recording these yeah, next yeah. two, I'll so do. I haven't. So yeah. So just just to like kind of catch people up yeah. to where we're, we've been. The main theme of the book, fam is the futility or meaninglessness of life under the sun apart from finding our ultimate meaning in life in the God above the sun, mm, right? That's so it. like that's the that's the book in a nutshell, yep. right? And he says a lot of things that may seem confusing, but if you keep that idea in mind, yeah. especially in this middle section, right? So the book is actually like three parts, right? right. One versus one through 11 of chapter one, right? and then 112 to like 12, eight, yeah. is the main meat right. chunk of the book. And then you have 12, nine yep. to the end of the book, yep. uh, which kind of sums it up. But if you keep that thought in mind, you'll be like, you kind of understand what's going on and listen to us. Well. Right. Yeah. All Chapter right. five. Chapter five. All right. Makes a little bit of a pivot. Yep. So one through four, trying to find meaning mm. underneath the sun, search for purpose. All right. It's not found in knowledge. It's not found mm. in pleasure. It's not mm. found in wine. It's not found in women. It's not found mm. in work. It's mm. not found in achievements. It's not found in justice, right? Here in the world, it's not found. That's All right. Good. The there's a hint of it seen. There's a hint of some type of purpose of our existence and our humanity and joy found in um the community that God will start to bless us with, but chapters one through four, it seems to be this search for purpose of, apart from God. Mm. Chapter five, we we find this little hinge point and mm. it leads him into worship. And so he's got this interesting thing in the first part, right? Where it just says, it starts off and it says, guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Better to approach in obedience than to offer the sacrifice fools do for they ignorantly do wrong. Don't be hasty to speak and don't be impulsive to make a speech before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth. So your, so let your words be few. So it's interesting because he talks about worship Mm -hmm. and the very first thing is not a call to worship. Mm. It's this caution Mm. of worship. That's good. Right. And so I've always found that unique here at the, the book and his point is, no, no, listen. All right, as you 
draw near, right? As you come to the house of God, yeah. um, good. You're on the right track, but just because you're on the right track doesn't mean that there aren't spikes on the road, mm. right? And so there is care and caution that has to be taken. Yeah. And his point is just no, draw near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools. I think that that's here because I think that there is a way to realize meaning, purpose, and fulfillment trying to pursue it in the things of the world are vanity. Mm -hmm. And I think there is a way for you to approach God, not as the end in itself, but as a means to an end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe the thing that I missed was that, you know, I ain't put God in it, right? So yeah, I think you'll you'll see a bunch of oh, that's good, yeah. people in our day and age that are very God conscious, and they'll talk about earthly mm. prosperity, and they'll say things like, mm. "But the reason why you're not is because you didn't put God into it. If you put God into it, then that and that is to offer the sacrifice of fools. It mm. is drawing near. It is drawing near to God, mm. giving God what you think that He wants, so that you can get what you want, mm. and that." Even though you're on the right path, that path still has spikes in it, and that is yeah. evil. Yeah, and it's like there's a humility, right, right, that has to come before this God. Like he's like, fam, you don't have to make all these promises and vows to God. Like, hey, God, if you give me this business, yo, right? That's that's prideful, right? right. Because you're not treating God as God, right. right? And so he's like, no, no, no. There's a fear of the Lord that has to come here. He's not going to expound on it a ton. He'll come at the end and say, remember, you right. remember your creator, all that kind of stuff. But uh, I love that you brought that out because that's actually a prideful way to live right? Uh, before the Lord. I love how he pivots. Yeah. You know, he'll pull back up on the theme of corruption and injustice. And he's like, you know, the higher you go into the levels of society, don't be surprised if you see injustice and corruption there. Fam. This stuff was in the ancient world right. like it is in the modern world, right? Right, And so um, no matter like, yeah, no matter how far advanced we think we are, you know, uh, ethically, like people will say, and technologically, like, no, 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 it's just as bad when you really know what goes on behind right. the scenes. Yeah. Yep. And right after he get he says that, do you know what he goes to talk about? Wealth. Money. Come on, bro. Listen. He go to the, he go to the cash, bro. Look at every injustice, and you can trace injustices from bread. the sex trade to the drug game to, to, all, trade, all that. to the slave trade. Yeah, you can chase it, trace it back to the economics. Facts. The Wire, one of my favorite shows like, of all time. You I knew I was going to go. I know his moves. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was going to say this. I know this Lester quote. Freeman. <laughs> yeah. Goes to Press Belusky. Mm. Press Belusky's like, yo, man, I, 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 we've got the wire out on people that are selling drugs. Mm. And I saw the congressman, Clay Davis. Mm. Listen up, y'all. Lester Freeman says this. Yeah, yeah, listen. <laughs> Press Belusky, <laughs> if you follow the drugs, all you're going to get is drug addicts and drug dealers. Mm. But if you follow the money, you don't know what the expletive you're going to get. Yeah. And he just makes that same point. It's like, no, 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 listen, listen, listen. You follow the money and you see what lies at the heart of all of this corruption. That's good. Right? And so, I mean, the the rest of the Bible is going to show you in- Over and over. Uh, Ecclesiastes is going to show you. No, no, look. The love of money is the root of all evil. But Ecclesiastes is going to take it a step further and also show you, no, no, no. But the love of money is also the road to 
emptiness. Mm, right? Yeah. And yeah. that's what he says in verse 10. He's like, yeah. the one who loves silver is never satisfied with silver. And whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with income. And uh, man, like there is no amount of money that you can get when you love money yep. where you say, I don't need any more. John D. Rockefeller. Yep. John D. Rockefeller, oil industry, worth billions of dollars. They did the inflation. <laughs> if they did his net worth today, he'd be worth $25 billion. Mm. And they said, yo, they asked him, height of, height of his bread. Yeah. Back then, they said, yo, what does it take for a man to be happy? Yeah. He says, you know what it takes for a man to be happy? Mm. Speaking of himself, yeah. one more dollar. Mm. Right? Billionaire. This is what And I'm... he still yeah. wanted more. So the Bible, fam, it's just way ahead of us. An exercise right here, right? Think about all your problems. Yep. Right. And if you could close your eyes, right? And if money was not an issue, mm -hmm. right? Think of what's the amount, right? What do you think is the amount that would make you happy? Mm. All right. You got that number, number in your head. I got my number. <laughs> and I want you to know if you think an amount will make you happy mm. we have to remember there is no amount yeah there is none right the discontentment is not a quantitative problem it's a qualitative problem mm. ecclesiastes is going to outline no no listen your main problem or most of us at least in the western world running water uh, more than one change of clothes, more than one pairs of shoes. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. For most of us who think that that the amount of money is our problem, it's not the amount, mm. it's the affection. Yeah. It's the fact that we love money. It's not that we don't have a hold of the money that we need, it's that the money actually has a hold on our hearts. Mm. And so he's gonna go through and just talk about yeah. The emptiness. Yeah. And yeah. he talks about some of the consequences too. So he's right. like, obviously like, it won't satisfy you. But I love what he says. He's like, one, and he says it in so many words, but he's like, yeah. fam, you're you going to get a ton of hey, big head texts. Right. <laughs> right. As soon as you get that bread, people are like, hey, yo. It's like leeches, right? He talks about um, the way you won't be able to sleep at night, fam. Right. Like, because you, you're you going to be up tossing and turning about, what do I do with it? How can I keep it? And how can I make more? Listen, <laughs> when I ain't have bread... <laughs> When I didn't have no money or nothing, when I'm driving like my used, when when I was driving my 93 Ford Escort, right? Yep. yep. Fan, I would go to bed at night and I would sleep the whole night through because I ain't have nothing. So I wasn't concerned about anybody taking anything. Mm. But then once you get stuff yeah. and you get that new car yeah. and you go out of town for a week at a time, Right, you know, I get up at night. It's like, yo, man, would you drop on a crib? And make sure nobody, yeah, yeah, broke into my car. <laughs> and the more stuff that you have, nice. the more that you're concerned uh, yeah. uh, uh, about it being lost. Right, more money doesn't solve our problems. More money and more stuff mm. tends to double our anxieties. Mm -hmm. And the last thing I'll say about this, and we can move. Yeah, you know, a life, bro, set on and only on the pursuit of wealth right. is just as stable as trying to balance a dumbbell mm. on an empty eggshell, mm. right? It will never... It'll crush. It'll crush you yeah. every time. It'll never work. Yep. All right. There's so much in uh, Ecclesiastes, <laughs> but this, all right. Yeah. So it's not just saying, all right, 
I don't love money anymore. Like we don't yeah, do that. Yeah. The yeah. thing about money is that money doesn't just want to be loved. Money wants to be Lord. Right. Money has us enslaved. Yeah. This is why Jesus is yeah. going to say, yo, you can't serve two masters. Mm-hmm. It's either going to be God or money. And he takes money and puts it into the Lord category. And one of the things that we know is that uh, slaves don't free themselves. Mm. Some other force from the outside has to come and emancipate them from slavery. That's good. So Jesus Christ comes onto the scene. We see in the Lord Jesus yeah. something different than what we see in everybody else under the sun. Under mm. the sun, we see people who have money and they have everything except for contentment. Mm. In Jesus, we see somebody who had nothing but he had so much contentment that it overflowed and spilled out to the people that surrounded him. So Amen. as we think about this pathway to joy and contentment, yeah. um, if contentment is a balloon, more money is not more helium, mm. right? If mm. contentment is a balloon, more money is often the needle that pops it. And Jesus helps to reveal that there is another way to fill our balloon of contentment that doesn't have to do with dollar signs. Yeah. So like you said, man, um, excellent gospel application. And it's like a like seeking those things to find our joy in those things is actually robbing us of joy. Yeah. Right. So he even goes in chapter six and he talks about, you know, wealth, a long life and many children, all that kind of stuff as well. And yeah, they were very much like us. Right. We would call that a great life. Right. <laughs> right. But at the same time, you know, those if our life is just set on those things, right. we'll have more anxiety than we will joy. I yeah. love chapter seven. He's like a good name is better than fine perfume. And the day of one's death is better than the day of one's birth. It is better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting. I love mm. that since that is the end of all mankind and the living should take it to heart. Man, the theme, uh, one of the themes that um, kind of runs throughout the book uh, is this idea of death, right? And one of the things that um, the teacher is trying to tell us is that death is one of the best teachers about life, right? Right. So that's why he's like, yo, in verse one, uh, death in verse one is better than, than birth because funerals, right? Offer right. a type of sobriety right. and seriousness that makes sense of life. Right. Right. That's why um, right after that, he's like, fam, you know, the living ought to go to the house of the morning. And then he says, and take it to heart. Right. Right. Yep. So I love that because, you know, uh, this philosopher, Soren Kierkegaard, he says, um, you know, life must be lived forward, but understood backwards. And in other words, there's something about, bro reflecting on our own mortality right. and the mortality of those around us yeah. that changes us, right. that helps us live wise lives before the Lord. Right. And the teacher is yeah. saying, that's what we right. need to do. Amen. Yeah. Yep. Chapter eight. Yep. Uh, man, wisdom, authority, justice. All right. A couple of things we see here. Um, earthly justice is always distorted. Mm. God's perfect justice is often delayed. That's good. But God's perfect justice is never denied. Mm, that's good. Earthly justice is always distorted. And again, right, money, the exchange of it lies at the root of our world, and we constantly see that, right? So when we mm. see it take place, I think the author wants us to know, like, yo, don't trip. This is how things go. Right. Like, the life that we live is broken. Absolutely. To the extent that you know that, you are not completely devastated when you realize, oh, no, no, wait, wait, wait. This is not a bug of life. This is a feature of the life that Mm. we live in. Mm. But that also doesn't have to drive us to depression Mm. because when we think about justice, 
we're fueled to continue to work for it because we know, oh, no, no, God's perfect justice is delayed. Yeah. One day God's going to come back and set things right. Yeah, and right? I love, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, you go. Yeah, and I love what you're saying, bro, because he over and over is going to bring up these seemingly like irreconcilable tensions. Right. He's like, there's no way just by looking under the sun, you will make sense of no. the world, bro. That if you only look... Yeah. It's going to erode any <laughs> hopefulness that you have. Yeah. If you only look at the problems of what goes on here yeah. and not the promises that come from beyond the sun, yeah. your energy to work for change is eventually going to be eroded mm. because you're going to find out as, as quick as I'm vacuuming up the dirt of injustice, yeah. it's blowing it back out, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. you're... It feels like you're not making headway. Yeah. 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 Let's pray, man. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we pray that as we work towards uh, justice, that you would fill us with a sense of hope, Lord. Would you remind us that being told that the world is broken is not just meant to make us sad and depressed, Lord. It's meant to make us sober and dependent, Father. So we pray that we would be dependent on you, that we would have a sobriety to realize that we shouldn't try to fill up on hope from what we find here under the sun. Instead, we should look beyond it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.